Wonderful to feel the presence of God, isn't it? And to feel the Holy Spirit with us. And you know, the purpose of the Word of God is to, what Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, he may grant you according to the riches of his glory. (laughs) That you be strengthened. You need to be strengthened. Didn't it? You all need to be strengthened by his might or with his might by his spirit in the inner man for what purpose that Christ may dwell in your heart hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to understand you have your mind has to be involved in this because you have to know and be able to reason it because Satan is going to question everything that you have in Christ. And so you need to know what you're thinking. And you need to know how to think right. To understand with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. And to know the love of Christ <clears throat> which passeth knowledge for the purpose that you might be filled. We all need to be filled, it says. <laughs> Hallelujah with all the fullness of God. Isn't it wonderful that God has chosen you to be a person that he wants to reveal, to understand with all saints, to know the love of Christ, which parted knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know you can receive so much more? There is so much more for you to receive. There's so much more for me. And now I'm getting older, I can realize that I've been paddling around too much. I need to get into the depths. <laughs> I need to start swimming. <laughs> I need to really get hold of this. Putting my whole being into it. Isn't it wonderful what Jesus has done? Isn't he a wonderful person? Isn't he the center? As I keep telling you what the old preacher said, we've come this morning to meet Somebody who is very important <laughs> is the great inhabitant of the house. Oh, I tell you, Jesus is so wonderful. He's so wonderful. The more you look at Jesus, the more wonderful he becomes. The more we look at some people, the more we think, well, what have we got here? <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus is not a disappointment. You know, some people follow all these celebrities and they look very beautiful on the outside. But when you get on the inside, is it so good? (laughs) But Jesus is wonderful. He's not a disappointment. And if you just seek him with all your heart, you'll find that treasure that Paul found, isn't it? Because he says in the previous chapter, another wonderful prayer. If you're stuck to what to pray, pray these prayers in, in Ephesians. Every morning, wake up and start praying them. He says that the Father may give the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him, Jesus Christ. Oh, what a wonderful person. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. See, your eyes need to be enlightened to see Jesus, to understand what you have in Christ. He says that you be enlightened, we may know what is the hope of his calling. And this is the big statement of what the riches of the glory 
of his inheritance and his saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to you and me who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above all principalities and powers. You know, it's a wonderful thing that you and I can get enlightened. That these things down here don't become important anymore. They're just a sideline, and he is the most important person. So they wake up in the morning, and it's Jesus. It's all about a person, Jesus. And you know, these Old Testament saints, these men and women of faith, says in Hebrews 11, that obtained a good report. They were persons in the scripture that saw the Christ. They saw the Messiah. They saw the anointed one. That was the secret of their faith. And the secret of your faith is a person, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. We have come to worship him. We've come to worship him around the word of God this morning. And that is the center of worship. This is where we find Christ. As, as the Holy Spirit breaks this bread to us, this living bread, something happens to us. We get strengthened by might, by his spirit in the inner man. You desperately need to have your inner man fed because when you are beset by tests and trials and temptations, you're going to fail if you're not strong on the inside. You're only as strong in Christ as you are in Christ on the inside. This new man, the inner man. You know, I've been, I want to read to you in a minute, four, refer you to four different psalms in Scripture. And it starts at Psalm 20 and it ends at Psalm 24. These psalms, you know, when I think about David, people tend to sort of concentrate on his failures, and he did have some human failures, but he was a man after God's own heart. Let's get it right. He had a heart for God. What amazes me when I read these psalms is his insight, his revelation, the truth that he has about Christ. His psalms are what we call messianic. Because Christ means the anointed one. And what you desperately need and I need in our lives is the anointing. We need the person of the Holy Spirit to anoint our lives. Because when you get anointed, you begin to see things you never saw before. You get released from yourself. And you step into another realm, which is the realm of the Spirit. And God wants you to not to be carnally minded, Paul says in Romans 8, which is spiritual death. But he wants you to be spiritually minded, which is life. And this life somehow has got to get into you. You stop thinking carnally and start speaking and thinking spiritually. And this is the test for you and me. And this is where we've got to do this thing. And, you know, I was, I was um, reading this psalm. It's Psalm 20, and we come to Psalm 20 in a moment and I don't know whether it be very long with this but see how the Lord leads us this morning the Psalm 20 is known as the national anthem of Israel it's the national anthem of the church because I don't know what you're going through this morning you folks what you're facing 
But if you're facing something, open Psalm 20 and personalize it. And you'll find that this is a cry of help, a prayer and praise to God. And this psalm is likened to what Jesus faced in Gethsemane. You're facing a test in a trial. Well, he faced, Jesus faced the biggest test and the biggest trial that any human has ever faced as the Son of Man in Gethsemane. There's nothing more dramatic or traumatic than Gethsemane. And yet Jesus faced it, and he came through it. And what Jesus is saying to you, if you can get hold of this and understand this, what David understood, and David wrote this psalm. And the amazing thing is, he wrote it like every time he was to face the enemy, this is what David was saying. And when we're facing something, and you're facing something, this is what he says. And an old preacher said this, he said, Jesus, tremendous name, <laughs> puts all our foes to flight. Jesus, the angry lamb, the lion is in the fight. The lion of tribe of Judah is in your fight. Is Christ in you that overcomes what's coming against you because you become more than a conqueror when the Lord of hosts is in you. Who can be against you? Oh, I tell you, we can be more than conquerors. What is coming against you? What is against you? Come on. This is what the old preacher said. Jesus, tremendous name. Come on. You've got to believe this. You've got to believe it. Puts all our foes to flight. Jesus, the angry lamb, the lion is in the fight. Oh, I tell you, I've been through some stuff and I'm still standing. It's a miracle. You don't know what I've been through. I'm not going to tell you how you've got enough of your own stuff to go through, but me telling you what I'm going through. I can tell you, it's a miracle I have here. And this is, we can personalize this psalm. The Lord hear me in the day of trouble. The Lord hear you in your day of trouble, whatever it is. The name of Jacob, the God of Jacob, defend me. Do you know when you see Jacob in Scripture, that's talking of Christ. You know, when Jacob was Jacob and Gordon Davis, has been Gordon Davis, but thank God I went to a place called Calvary, and thank God I died. <laughs> I was crucified with Christ. At Peniel, Jacob died. He got converted, and he got renamed. He got a new name, and his name is Israel. And do you know your name is Jesus? Yeah, you've got Christ in you. You've got a new name. Is Christ in you. Jacob, so when you see the word Jacob, that's very provocative to you and me. It's saying to me, yes, I've tried everything. I've struggled. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried the other. But when you come to Jesus, you cease striving, and you die, and you enter into a new life, and there's no more striving. It's rest <laughs> in Christ. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? There is therefore now a rest. He says, send me help from the sanctuary and strengthen me out of Zion. 
you can get strengthened out of Zion this morning. And when you go back, remember all my offerings, my burnt offerings, that grant me according to thine heart. Fulfill all your counsel. We will rejoice in your salvation. And the name of our God, we will set up our banners. You know, Julia was talking to me yesterday about the banners Israel had in the camp. <laughs> We've got to set up our banners. Yeah. We've got to say to the enemy, you don't come in this camp. <laughs> this camp is the camp of Almighty God. <laughs> this is the Almighty is in this place. The Lord of hosts is with us. David sang this song when he went into battle. And it's prophetic of Christ when he was in Gethsemane facing the greatest enemy, Satan himself. You know what Jesus says in, before he went to the cross? This is what he says in John 12, 30. And Jesus answered, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. He is being cast out out. And he said, if I be lifted up, and he was, I will draw. He's drawing us. Christ is drawing you to him this morning. And when you go back, you read these Psalms, 20 to 24, it's from Gethsemane to the glory. It's an ascent through the cross, going right up into the glory. Psalm 24 is the psalm of ascent, of ascension. He's in the glory, but he had to go through the cross. And you might go through the cross, but if you can just die daily, you'll enter into the glory. That's the secret, isn't it? That's the secret. And here's the big statement. Now, in verse 6, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. Now that's a big statement. Now I know that the Lord saveth his anointed. So that's how important the anointing is, because he saves those who are anointed. You need to be anointed with fresh oil continuously, because he saves the anointed. Can you get it? This hit me the other day. I thought, my you need to keep under the anointing. You need to keep walking in the Spirit. Because if you step outside that anointing and out the spiritual, you're stepping outside the camp. And when in Israel stood outside the camp where the banners were, somebody, something got hold of them and destroyed them. We need to stay under the anointing. He saveth his anointing. That's how important the anointing is. That's why God, the Holy Spirit, came with the Holy Ghost and fire at Pentecost to anoint the church, to give them power over all the power of the enemy. I, you and I have got to watch what we think about, watch what we talk about, and watch what we do, because we need to walk in the Spirit, because he saveth his anointed. Yeah, he saveth his anointed. You know, God can deal with you if you're straying, but he doesn't want you straying. He wants you with him and anointed. 
He says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. They are brought down and fallen, but we, you and I, he says, are risen. We stand upright. You can stand upright. Why? Because you've got God with a save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. I tell you, this is the time for you to take your place. Mm. You know, people say to me, I, I, somebody said to me, why has this all happened to me? What is this and what is that and what is the other? Well, we've got our part to play in this. We, this is serious business. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of whether you enter in or you stay outside and you die. As we said in the other meetings, you can get on the old way. It's a dead way. We can get on the new and living way where there's life and health and healing and prosperity and blessing. I want to be on that way, don't you? The highway of God. Oh, it's wonderful. We've got the choice. You can do what you want to do with what you've got, isn't it? But put your time in God's hands. Make sure you do what David did. He, he's what I call the two W's. He was a worshipper, and he was a warrior. <laughs> he was a worshipper, <laughs> and he was a warrior. Oh, I tell you what, it, this is the secret of David's life. He was a worshipper. You know, when you wake up in the morning, don't think about all your problems. Don't think about all your aches and pains. <laughs> don't think about all those bills you've got to pay. <laughs> Don't think about that builder that's working you up <laughs> or whatever it is that's coming at you. You cast the whole thing on the Lord and you start worshipping. Whoa! Worship him. <laughs> Just start worshipping him. Just start lifting up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. This is another day to worship you. I'm going to enter into your presence. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, for this so great a salvation. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this new and living way. I'm going to get up and get on with it. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to be an overcomer. <laughs> I'm going to be a worshiper. And then I can become a warrior. <laughs> oh, yeah. A warrior. What does Ephesians 6 say? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And this is the secret of David's success. And this will be the secret of your faith. That mother-in-law, that whatever it is. <laughs> you're not fighting the mother-in-law, you're fighting that spirit that's there. That's my son, and that's not your daughter. <laughs> Isn't it? Whatever it is. Your Goliath is not the problem. You're the problem. Get the anointing. And suddenly the anointing on your life, Goliath, will not be a big obstacle you can't defeat, but he's a big obstacle you can't miss to kill. Yeah, what the anointing does, it changes your mind. It changes your eyesight. It changes your hearing. You're hearing stuff that comes from God. <laughs> oh, what a difference the anointing makes. He saveth his anointed. Do you think David could have stood before Goliath without the anointing? No way little bloke like this, and a nine foot six man, <laughs> but one little rock under the anointing becomes a guided missile. 
and it doesn't miss the mark. He only had this part and defended, but that's where the missile hit. <laughs> Everything else was armored, but he had a little hole there, boy, and it went straight through there. Isn't it wonderful what we got? <laughs> this joy unspeakable and full of glory. <laughs> it's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> we need to get excited about Jesus. He's wonderful, isn't he? It's just tremendous. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, Psalm 21 is a song of thanksgiving and praise, really, that he believes. And you know, when Jesus prayed in Gethsemane, he was putting himself in the hands of God, his father, wasn't he? And God brought him through. And of course, you've got this tremendous 22nd Psalm, which you can't get into, but it's a tremendous Psalm, prophetic Psalm of the sufferings of Christ and the cross. And, of course, the famous 23rd Psalm that Julia mentioned in Cleveland so well. But the 24th Psalm. Oh, this Psalm is a great blessing to me. It's the Psalm of Ascension. This is triumphant Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Opening the gates of heaven. <laughs> oh, tearing away the doors that held us out. The veil that took us stopped us getting in. And Jesus comes triumphant. What a psalm, he says. Oh, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and all that dwelleth, for he hath founded upon the seas. Who hath ascended the hill of the Lord? Oh, who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, but not lifted up his soul. Jesus had a pure heart. And he had clean hands. And he could tear down that veil and bring us right in. Isn't it wonderful? You can enter into the presence of God this morning. We can experience that power and that anointing that you need on your life to enable you, because he saveth his anointed. Yeah. I need to be anointed each day with fresh oil. You know, Matthew 25, there is um, a parable by Jesus about foolish virgins, isn't there? And wise virgins. And you know what, what the foolish happened to the foolish virgins? They ran out of oil. Mm -hmm. They ran out of oil. How many Christians have run out of oil? We've heard recently about something, you know, we supported for a long time. Somebody's run out of oil and the devil's got it. He saveth his anointed. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. You need the anointing. You need to be kept being, being filled. You need to keep hungering and thirsting after righteousness because it says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. We need to be continually filled. Being continually filled. Why? Because we need the oil. We need this anointing on our lives. Because he saveth his anointing. And then he says, he that hath clean hands. Of course, that speaks to us. You've got to have clean hands. You've got to have a pure heart. God's not mocked. You know, as an old preacher said, he said, if you are some some royalty, 
And you had a butler that came in with hands that had been in the manure, he said. You wouldn't want him serving you. <clears throat> Putting the plates on the table with manure on his hands. You can't put anything on, take anything from God's table with sin on your hands. You can't partake. You need clean hands and a pure heart. <clears throat> Don't you? But this is speaking of Jesus. This is messianic. He had clean hands. And he had a pure heart. Come on. And I sworn to he, and this is the big statement. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord. You need the blessing from the Lord. I need the blessing from the Lord. Don't you? That's what you need and that's what I need. You need the blessing of the Lord. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord does what? It makes rich. <laughs> it makes rich. And it adds no sorrow. No sorrow. You know, a lot of rich people are pretty miserable. Aren't they? We know quite a few, Irene and I. And they've got what they call a clenched fist ministry. They got what they call a clenched fish ministry. I'm a self-made man, and everything God is mine, and you're not having it. Now Jesus isn't like that. Jesus gave all. He owns it all, and yet he says you can receive in it all. It's all on the table. But you've got to have clean hands and a pure heart, don't you? Oh, I tell you. I want to receive that blessing. And this is the generation of them that seek him. Are you that generation? Yes. That seek him? And that seek, not his hand, it says seek his face. It's Jesus. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians, as we behold him, we have been changed from one degree of glory to another. You notice those prayers of Paul are the riches of the glory. The riches of the glory. Religion, as we said, keeps you out. But Christ brings you in. Doesn't he? Jesus brings you in. Don't let the golden calf mentality of the world system get at you. It's not in all this. It's in Christ. It's in Jesus. He owns it all. He's got all power. And this psalm is the psalm of him coming into the heavenlies. And it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And what? The king of glory shall come in. Jesus is the king of glory. Wow. I don't think we can imagine what happened in heaven when Jesus ascended and was glorified. We can't imagine what was happening then when Satan, who'd had access, suddenly got booted out. <laughs> he got kicked out when Jesus went up there with his blood and kicked him out, Revelation 12, and down he came. And there's no body, no, nobody up there that can accuse you today like accused Job. We're under a better covenant, a new covenant, because Jesus has cleansed the heavens as well as the earth. 
and destroy principalities and powers. And so you've got to stop having this mentality that says, I wrestle not. <laughs> no. You've got to say, I wrestle not. No, Paul is not saying you don't wrestle. What did, what, what did Jacob do at Peniel? Yeah, you're going to be in a fight sometimes. Paul, what was, what was David? He was a warrior. Yeah, he was a warrior. <laughs> Come on, you can have a warrior spirit. Woo! You can say, I can wrestle this and I can get hold of Jesus and he will defeat my enemies. Because why? He saveth his anointed. <laughs> I tell you, we, we can be on the winning side. Which side are you on? Depressed. Feeling sorry for yourself. The world has not been fair to me. And all these people have been horrible to me. And all this. And uh, like I was for a time till I got the revelation in Romans 6 that my, my old man has died. Thank God. David, Gordon Davis, he's dead. <laughs> what a revelation. I'm a new person in Christ. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. And all these things that are coming against me, Jesus is taken to the cross. He's dealt with everything. <clears throat> I'm a new person. I'm sitting up there with him. Come on. Where are you sitting? Oh, I tell you. Lord, help us. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. This is our Lord of hosts, isn't it? Lift up your head, O your gates, and be lifted up, your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. <clears throat> Get your eyes on Jesus. Start becoming a worshipper, and you'll start rising. <clears throat> As we said before, stop being that scratching in, <clears throat> and become an eagle, and start ascending the hill of the Lord. And if you've got dirt on your hands, wash them. And you've got unforgiveness in your heart, forgive. And if you feel like shouting your head off, just die and start praising. Come on, you can do it. You say, but you don't know how bad I feel. My feelings. I feel this and I feel that and I feel the other. I used to be a feelings person. <laughs> I was big into feelings. And when you're big into feelings, the enemy plays with your flesh. And he gives you a hard time. And then you begin to feel sorry for yourself. But when you get a revelation that you've in fact been crucified, and you're dead, and you're buried, and your old stinker's gone, and you've now raised a new person, what a revelation that is. You can see Jesus. You're seated with him and you realize that the veil is down. I can enter in and I can receive what God wants me to have. I believe God wants to change your life. I do. I think he wants you to give you a new revelation of who Jesus is. So that this, from now on you'll become a worshiper and a warrior. 
get a warrior spirit and say, I will not let you go like Jacob until you bless me. I'm coming out of this, and whatever my Laban is, that brother with 400 armed men is not going to kill me. <clears throat> whatever that Laban is in your life. <clears throat> you know, we, we think, we think our problem is this, that, and the other. Don't we? We think it's this problem, this person, this difficulty, this sickness, this whatever, and that's our labor. But you know what our problem is? To do what David's doing here. To understand that we need his presence. We need his anointing. Because if we can keep our relationship to Jesus, right, Jesus can solve the whole thing for us. It's Jesus. He's our great high priest. It's all about relationship. And this is what David had. He had this relationship with God. How could he write such a psalm as Psalm 22? A messianic psalm like that. Speaking of the sufferings of Christ that came by the anointing. How could he write such a psalm as Psalm 23 that's so famous? The pastoral shepherd's psalm. Because of the anointing. How could he get a vision of Christ? glorification and ascension into heaven and the gates being opened. How could he ever do that? Because of the anointing. God saveth his anointed. You have to walk in the spirit. You have to learn to talk in the spirit. I've got to learn to walk in the spirit. I've got to learn that as I walk in the spirit, as I walk in the light of God's word, the word of God, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing my hands, cleansing my heart, keeping me pure, and I can ascend the hill of the Lord. Oh yeah, this is important, mine. What you do when you go home is so important. What you do when you're on your own is so important. Because if you're not under the anointing, if you're not in the presence, you'll be like those foolish virgins that when the time comes for something to happen, you haven't got what you need to meet what you've got to meet. Yeah. Do you know, I was reading to them the other morning, Sunday morning, um, in uh, Luke 21. Has anybody got an amplified in here? Anybody got an amplified? No. I, I couldn't bring my amplifier, it was too heavy. But I'll read to you what Jesus says in Luke 21. In, in the authorized. <clears throat> and this is what he says in verse 34. Oh, thank you. Take heed to yourselves. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, to us. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Now, surfeiting is not a, an easy word. It's a King James word. It means messing about with all this stuff down here, trying to get amusement in all this down here, trying to get satisfaction in this world, you will not find it. It's only in Jesus. 
We're God's people. We're God's house. It's only in Jesus, he says. Be overcharged with drunkenness and what cares of this life? Cares of this life come to all of us. We've got families. We've got jobs. We've got all sorts of things. We've got probably relatives who are not well. We've got difficulties here, there. They're cares of this life. But Jesus says, beware. Take heed that you don't be overcharged with all these things. So that day come upon you unawares. For he says, as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell upon the face of the earth. It's going to come. As a snare, he says. He says, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that should come to pass. And what? Stand before the Son of Man. You're born alone. You die alone. And you're going to face him alone. Wake up and smell the roses. It's time to wake up. We're into serious business. <laughs> We're on our way. <laughs> but we've got to keep on the way. Yeah. Haven't we? Yeah. We've got to keep on the way. And you know, if we can keep on the way, we'll make it. <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I think the Lord is saying to me, don't let anything bother you. Don't let anything get at you. Do not be overcharged with all these things. Enter into my presence. Enter into my anointing. Get anointed. And as you get anointed, you'll find that God will save you. He saveth his anointed. You know, we can live in beautiful houses. We can have beautiful cars. We can have beautiful grandchildren. And all grandparents think their children are beautiful. Grandchildren are beautiful, don't they? <laughs> and they are. But you know, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's the central person. He's the person we come to worship. I tell you what, we've got to watch this. We've got to watch this. He saveth is anointed. We don't we just forget everything else. Don't forget that statement. You need to keep in the spirit. You need to keep filled with the Spirit. And the Lord said to me, don't let anything upset your rest. Cast all your burdens on me, Jesus said. Take it all to the Lord, because he's the great burden bearer. Gethsemane took my trauma, took your trauma, took your trial. The cross took my iniquities, my sins, my sicknesses, my pain. And I've been raised a new person. Oh, praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful this morning? Isn't it wonderful what Jesus has done? Oh, I tell you. What a wonderful Jesus we got. Oh, I tell you. We need this anointing. We need this power in our lives. I tell you what, we need it. Don't let the enemy steal your crown. Don't let him take your spiritual inheritance. You can have all that the world can have, Jesus says, but if you lose your soul, you've lost everything. Yeah, your soul. Your soul. Outside of Christ, 
your soul is perishing, but in Christ it's saved. And you're a brand new person. And you're going to a brand new destination. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, I tell you, you need to concentrate on Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus. Don't let the enemy talk to you anymore. You get in this book. You start reading this word, and this word will wash you. It will wash you. It will renew your mind. It will stop all that nonsense. And start talking it. Start speaking it. And this is what the psalmist learned to do. Why have we got all these psalms? Because he's making a declaration of, against the enemy in Psalm 20. He's making, this is his national anthem. He composed this for Israel. Why was he so wonderful? What is this about this? Look at this other psalm a minute. Psalm 132. We're getting off the time. And this is, this is David in Psalm 132. He says, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. Well, remember Paul and all his afflictions. Remember Alan and all his afflictions. Remember Gordon in all his afflictions. I have plenty of them. <laughs> How he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Do you notice Paul, David keeps talking about Jacob? <laughs> because he's a prime example of somebody that overcame. Jacob was at Peniel. He had all, he'd become very wealthy. He had all his livestock. He had all these children. And he had two wonderful wives, Leah and Rachel. And an enemy was coming in the form of Laban to take it all off him. No matter how you can scheme, no matter how clever you are in life, Paul says in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood Labans, but we wrestle against what? Principalities and powers. What was Satan trying to do to use Satan to destroy that seed royal? Because Christ was going to come in that seed, Judah. And, and what is Satan trying to do to you? That seed in you is Christ. Your royal birth. You've been born of God. And just as the Arabs want to destroy Israel, Satan wants to destroy the church because it's royal seed. Because he knows that this body is going to reign and he's going to be kicked out. As soon as that was given in Genesis 3.15, Satan knew he was in trouble. Because God said to Adam, I'm going to give you a seed that's going to crush Satan. He's going to crush the serpent head. Do you realize what you've got in you? You've got Christ in you that crushes the serpent's head under your feet. And we've got to start believing it and knowing it up here. You are a new person. You're a new creation. You're born of God. You're begotten of God. Why was it that David never lost a battle? Because he understood what the anointing brought. He understood what the anointing did. And this is what he said. How he swear unto the Lord and vowed to the mighty God of Shea, surely I will not come to the, my house, 
nor go to my bed, neither will give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to my ladies until I find out a place for the Lord. He said, an habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. He keeps talking about the mighty God of Jacob. So when you see Jacob, you see somebody that overcame and became Israel. You can be, you're, we're all Jacobs. We've all got a bit of a twist in us. We all like to work it our way. Work it out our way. Do it our way. But when God touched Jacob, after Peniel, there was no more twist in him. He limped. But the old Jacob had died. He got converted. And maybe you've traveled so far and been doing it your way that maybe God, the Holy Spirit, is saying to you, you're going to get converted. You're not going to live by your own devices. Now you're going to live by, in the spirit and the anointing with the Lord of hosts taking control of your life and my life. Isn't that wonderful when Jesus is Lord? You know, God did an awful job with me. I know all about Jacob. I look at myself and think, oh, I thank God for the cross. Thank God for that place called Calvary. And the longer I live, the more important I see that I can move like Psalm 24 is telling us. Jesus moved from the cross, from the tomb to the glory. He opened wide the gates that you and I might enter in. Isn't it wonderful? You can enter in Will you enter in? Or are you going to stay outside and play with your Lego? <laughs> no. We're going to enter in. You know, I often thought about a speedboat and a camper van. And the Lord said to me, forget the speedboat and the camper van. You, there'll be weights to you. Just think about me. It's true. Who wants to get weighed down with a lot of nonsense? Well, You'll never ascend with a lot of weights. No, we don't need weights. And this is what David said, until I find a place for the Lord. Are you finding a place in your heart for the Lord? That you become a temple of the Holy Ghost? That there's fire in your house? That there's light in your house? that there's warmth and love for Christ in your heart? Or are you a dual worshipper like Gideon's father? Have you got a bit of bale on the side? Have you got a little golden sort of thing somewhere? Or is it all in Christ? Oof, this challenges us, doesn't it? This is the challenge for us, isn't it? And this is what David, and this is what David says in verse 6, Lo, we heard of it. We heard of it at Ephratha. And we found it in the fields of the wood. What did David find? He found the ark that had been lost for years and years. Since the days of Hophni and Phinehas, 
when they died and Eli fell off his chair, broke his neck. And Ichabod was written over Shiloh. But there was a man after God's own heart that found the ark. Will you find the ark? Will the ark be in your house? Will you find the presence of God again and stop playing around with religion and get the real thing? Jesus. He found the ark. We will go into, he says, we will go into his tabernacle and we will worship at his footstool. Oh. We must be worshippers before you can be a warrior. We need to be worshippers. This is what David says. Oh, arise, O Lord, into thy rest and the ark of thy strength. What was the secret of David's success? His understanding. That soon as he crowned king of all Israel, his first question was, where is the ark? Not how many houses can I build and how many wives can I get like Solomon? And how much of this can I get? And how many horses can I get? And how much of this can I get? No, 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 no. Where is the ark? You know, when God blesses us financially, we've got a temptation to be like Solomon. You know, the Jewish rabbis call it the idiocy of Solomon. It's idiotic to trade something, a golden calf for Christ. That's idiocy. Christ is all in all. What you have in Christ is eternal. It lasts forever. Jesus is coming back for a people that are in the ark. The ark of his presence is coming back. Are you going to be a foolish virgin or a wise virgin? Is it going to be oil in your house or are you just going to run out? And when the knock comes at your door, it's too late. I tell you, the Lord has been dealing with me about certain things. You've just got to concentrate on Jesus. Oh, I tell you, it's wonderful. Let the priests be clothed with righteousness and let your priests be very quiet and subdued. No. Shout for joy. Shout for joy. There's got to be a shout of joy in the camp. Wow. For thy servants, David said, turn around from the face of thine anointed. Turn not away from the face of thine anointed. Oh, yeah. The Lord is sworn, etc., etc. And then it says in verse 13, for the Lord hath chosen Zion. He desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever, and here will I dwell, for I have desired it. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. That's why he could write so many messianic, prophetic psalms of Christ. Because he saw Jesus. Like Abraham said to those people, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. They saw the anointed one. They saw that seed come in. And you are that seed this morning. Don't let anybody tell you 
that something out there is going to satisfy your spiritual inner man. Because what is wrong with man? He has no rest. You only find rest in Christ. They get a million, they want 10 million. They get 10 million, they want a billion. They buy one car, they want six cars. They want one cruise, they want ten cruises. Isn't it? Man has got this unrest. He doesn't know what's wrong with him. He says, what is wrong with me? And if he gets a bit of power like Stalin, he thinks somebody's going to kill him, he kills a million people. Yeah. He's mental. Man is mental. He doesn't know what's wrong with him. Why? Because he's created in the image of God. He was covered with the glory of God. And when he fell, he lost that glory. But good news is, in Jesus, you got it back. You got it back. You go for it. What happened when, when David got this ark? Well, he got this ark and he got it back where he should be. And the Lord is saying to us in the church and in for you and for me, get it back where it should be. Don't get too involved in all this. Just get Jesus at the center of your life. Just make him the ark. Because if you're in the ark, you'll be saved. Yeah, you'll be saved. Wouldn't it wonderful? Well, you can read about it in 2 Samuel. Is it 1 Samuel 6? I think uh, Julia has spoken about this a few times. You, you know, David got very excited when this ark was coming back. Didn't he? He got so excited. One Sam, is it one? Oh, yeah. Two Samuel 6, isn't it? Remember they put it on a cart? And as we say, no wonder they say he's in the cart. You know, we've tried our, our maneuverings in the church. We've got these people and they think we'll get some, we start doing something and we try and work it up and we'll have a performance and we see if we can get the presence of God in here. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> don't work like that. It comes down. You can't work it up. That's Baal. It comes down. The anointing. So if you can become a tabernacle, you can have the ark in your life and the power and the anointing of your life. When we all get together, the glory is going to be revealed. God wants to re- is restoring your house. Yeah, he's restoring your house, Andy. All the mess up there that you've had. The Holy Ghost can come and take all your rubbish down the spiritual tip. Take it out your life. Just clean your house up and he can get the ark in your life. The presence of God in your life and you can start functioning. And you can start lifting up your hands. And you can start worshipping. And you can start praising God and suddenly Jesus will come. Suddenly, like the woman at the well, she said, you know when Messiah comes, he'll tell us everything. And Jesus says, when he's come, I'm here. Do you know you've got to wait on God till Jesus comes? 
you will come, says they that wait upon the Lord. As it says in that psalm, seek his face. We're seeking his face. And as we seek his face, he will appear. And everything will change. <laughs> you get a revelation of Jesus. <laughs> and your heart will start to burn. And he says, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh it's wonderful. It's tremendous. <laughs> and eventually, as we know, they got this ark back. But what's amazing to me is David's heart. This ark had previously been in, as you know, a tent, a special tent, a tabernacle. But David thinks, I suppose it had been wrecked. It had all fallen to pieces by this time. So probably not to be found anymore due to what had happened under Eli and Hophni and Phinehas. Why? Because God was changing the priesthood from Levi to Judah. <laughs> As we said, we're not under an Arionic priesthood. We're under a Melchizedek priesthood. <laughs> yeah. An ever-living priest who never dies. <laughs> it's Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> and there's a change. And maybe, I don't know what you've been hanging on to, <laughs> but David had this revelation to build his tent, and he knew where to put it, on Mount Zion. <laughs> How did he know that? Because he, he knew that's where Isaac was laid on the altar. And he knew that's when he killed Goliath, he took his head. That is the place he took it. Insight, anointing, revelation gives you insight to know God's heart. And that's how he, and he puts this ark on there and they say, and as we know we've got from Psalm 120 to a Psalm, we've got songs of ascent, songs of descent, and he had all these priests worshipping God and they went up the mount one side and they came down the mount the other side, 24-hour worship. And guess what was on the top? The glory of God. Why? What insight this young man had. This eighth son of Jesse. Because he understood the seed. He understood the anointing. Can you understand that you're anointed? That you've got a seed in you that's eternal? It's going to take you from earth to glory. <laughs> and you're on your way. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 21, 34. Don't be overcharged. Don't let this world get at you. Keep looking at Jesus. It says, the author and the finisher of your faith. And he says, and they tried to get it up and they eventually bought it. And he put an ephod on. And he put a linen undergarment on and he put an ephod on. And he came with the ark and he brought all the household and all the mighty men. He knew what was happening. He understood how significant this was to get this ark on Mount Zion. And Jesus died on that place, Golgotha, for you and for me, that we might have entrance. Psalm 24. The psalm of ascent is saying to you and me, we can ascend the hill of the Lord. Why? Because we've got Christ's righteousness. And we can have clean hands and a pure heart because we have the water of the word and we have the blood of Christ. 
the water washes us, the blood cleanses us. And maybe you're in a state in your spiritual life where you're not quite sure of your footing, but God can get you to stand. He can make you to arise, as it says in that psalm, and stand upright. So that when the test comes, you're overcome. When the trial comes, you won't fail. And I know in my life, I've tripped over quite a few things. And each time the Lord says, get up. You can do this. And maybe you think, but you've got to understand, it's not you, it's Christ in you, is your strength. He's the mighty man of valor. He's the one. And as soon as he put that ark, you know, we've heard Paul speak on this, about how the enemy came against David and Israel. Why? Because they knew, the enemy knew, if that stayed there, they would win every battle. And David, each time, had a word from God. And each time, he won the battle. He won the victory. And that's how we walk. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. It's hearing. It's a relationship. Your need is met. Whatever that need is, when you get into right relationship with Jesus, and then when Jesus becomes your Lord, he becomes your high priest and he will save his anointed. Isn't it wonderful? Lord, we thank you this morning. Oh, we thank you for your anointing, Lord. Oh, Lord, you are so wonderful. You're so merciful, Lord. And maybe there are those of you here this morning that feel weak but I'm here to feed your inner man, to get you strong on the inside. Keep eating, keep drinking, get stronger. And the stronger you get in the inner man, the stronger you will be to fight the good fight of faith. Will you become a, wor a worshipper and a warrior? Thank you, Lord. It's a good fight, this fight of faith, because... You always win. The battle has been won. All you've got to do is stand and believe and speak it out of your mouth. Lord, we thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you for your people, Lord. We pray, Lord, you'll anoint them this morning again with fresh oil, that the oil of your anointing will flow over this place that you'll restore and heal and bring people to a new level where they'll be not overcome by their circumstances but they will overcome every circumstance that the devil throws at us, has thrown at them, Lord. We thank you, Lord, now, Lord, as I lift up my hands, I pray for your people that you'll bring restoration and health and healing in every part of their lives, they will experience a new day and they will be, as David was, a worshipper and a warrior. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for the anointing that is resting upon this house, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're ministering to people now, Lord Jesus. Jesus, you're walking up and down these aisles. Oh, Jesus, thank you. You're ministering to people where they need a touch from you, Lord. It's not our touch, Lord, but it's your touch, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you'll raise them up to higher ground. You'll open their eyes and their ears that they see and hear things in a new way, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. You're touching your hearts and your people, Lord. Restoring the broken hearts. Healing the wounded. You're healing the, the broken heart of the wounds. We thank you, Lord, that you're pouring in the oil and the wine, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the oil and the wine. Oh, Jesus. You're so wonderful, Lord. You're so glorious, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're in this place, Lord. Oh, Lord. Lift us up, Lord. Lift your people up, Lord that they would take their place now, that they would sit with you in those heavenly places, that, Lord, you renew their minds and hearts to worship you. Oh, we worship you, Jesus.